I'm Chris Carter of the Locked On Steelers podcast. Do the Steelers start Kenny Pickett or Mason Rudolph in their next game against the Seahawks? We'll discuss that and a lot more here on today's show. Let's get into it. You are Locked On Steelers, your daily Pittsburgh Steelers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Steelers podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter, bringing you your daily dose of all things in the Pittsburgh Steelers. As always, you can find this show on your favorite podcasting apps and on YouTube. Like this video if you enjoy it. Subscribe to this YouTube channel for all of your daily Monday through Friday episodes, as well as our bonus content. We thank you for making us your first listen every day because we're your team every day. And today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONNFL for $20 off your first purchase. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed everyone just want to say hope everyone enjoyed uh, a, a merry christmas uh whether you do or don't celebrate hope that your day was uh um uh, was was full it was full of joy uh and that you're continuing to uh enjoy the the holidays also happy kwanzaa to all who celebrate moja on the first day here uh but let's get into what everyone wants to talk about here first of all i want to acknowledge there will not be any stars and skulls grades for this episode as it was the holiday Y'all 22 didn't even come out, so for, come out, I wasn't able to get to that. So um, I, Alan wasn't free because it was Christmas Eve and Christmas. Didn't feel right to not have the all 22 nor Alan Saunders. We will get to that for the Wednesday episode. So sorry for those waiting for that. But let's get to a much meatier discussion right now. And that's the current quarterback situation of the Pittsburgh Steelers, Mason Rudolph or Kenny Pickett. We're going to look more into it, and we're going to look at both sides. First, my prediction here, straight up before all the other nonsense is that if Kenny Pickett is 100%, he's the starter. It, I think it's just it's just the reality. The Steelers believe in this guy. And look, if he's the starter and you believe he is the franchise guy, if he's 100%, you got to let him start. You got to let him cook. You got to say, hey, we believe in you. We're putting you back out there. And if you're sitting there saying, oh, I'm, I'm worried about the pressure because there's Mason Rudolph and the pressure behind him because he just played a really good game and now he might be looking over his shoulder. Look at this more as an opportunity then you might a challenge because if Kenny Pickett folds under the pressure because of a perceived other, other presence in the competition of the quarterback room, then he's not your guy. In fact, I think the Steelers picked Kenny Pickett because they believed he would accelerate in situations like that and perform better like that because he lives up for the pressure. You want the guy that rises up to the pressure, that steps out in front of adversity and plays better because of it. That's why they got Kenny Pickett in the first place. That's one of the reasons I think he still can be a franchise quarterback because I think he can rise to that occasion. And if he does rise to the occasion, he's better for it. You found out he can be the guy in the face of pressure. And if he doesn't, same result. You kind of found that out. But Again, let's examine both sides of this of this debate because let's be honest. There's a lot of people who've been saying, "Hey, what about Mason Rudolph?" And those people got a lot of boost to that argument with set with Saturday night. And uh, he's and, and Mason Rudolph he earned the, 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 this boost. 124 passer rating. It's the best passer rating of a Steelers quarterback since Ben Roethlisberger dropped like 30 plus points on the Philadelphia Eagles in 2020. And in fact, it was the first time the Steelers scored. Uh, at least 34 point, uh, 30 plus points in the game since uh, um, uh, since the 2020 season when they did it three times with Ben Roethlisberger before his knees gave out and he got old that season. Um, and, and Mason Ruff, he read the field. He took what was there. He did what you were asking him to. It's what we've all been just been saying the Steelers. It's all the Steelers needed this season. They didn't need 
Patrick Mahomes, though Patrick Mahomes don't look too great right now. Um, they, but they didn't need super elite, te- you know, quarterback play. They just needed steadiness. They needed command. Uh, that was enough to settle the rest of the offense. And you saw how everyone else fed off of that. The offensive line blocked better. Najee Harris ran better. George Pickens looked like the best he's ever played for the Pittsburgh Steelers. And if you're a, a person that's behind Mason Ruff, you're saying, why would you go away from that? You just had the hot hand. Sure. You're probably even saying I don't that you probably don't even believe that Mason Rudolph is 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 the franchise guy and the long term guy. But right now, your offense hasn't had a spark not just all this past season, but all the past three seasons. And you finally found a spark, and Rudolph was part of that. And it would and it might be the one time that this offense has done something like this. So if your system hasn't produced, you got to go with a hot hand. And if and if you're and and, I, and again I'm I'm saying there's merit to this argument because if say you start Mason Rudolph and Kenny Pickett is your backup by the way Mitch Trubisky is not your number two quarterback in any situation right now it's either Mason or Kenny or Kenny or Mason let's just let's just get that out there so if you believe Rudolph is should be the starter you can even argue saying hey Kenny can be ready and he can be the guy that comes off the bench if Rudolph stinks it up and then we just we see what he's got but Ben once sat behind Landry Jones because they weren't sure if he was 100 and he did pretty good in that game too when when they when that when that happened because Landry Jones ended up getting hurt um so there's arguments there but let's talk about the case for Kenny Pickett I don't care much about the evaluation part of this about you know oh you got to see who he is if he's for next guy no you start your best player and if he's 100% and you believe he's your best man and you gave him the starting quarterback job and you think he's the franchise quarterback, you start him. Now, I will say this. You better be right because if you're wrong, Kenny Pickett plays poorly, that will eat into the team. It will cause it will cause questions and invite questions and invite division into the team, and that's real pressure. But again, you want your quarterback to stand up to that pressure. You want them to thrive in it, to be like, hey, man, forget all that. I'm the man. I'm here to lead. And that's who I think Kenny Pickett has been at some crucial times. We've talked about the the clutch gene that he's had at several points already in his first two years in the NFL. And you can say whether they're luck or not, but he's done it so many times already. I think that if Kenny Pickett has has you know is able to keep building like that, he can find find his feet under him. And let's be real. Kenny Pickett's had plenty of obstacles. The offensive line has been makeshift the last the last two years. They've had some good moments this year. Uh, they had some good moments toward the end of last year, but they have hardly been been consistent. Um, and uh, Pickett, while he did while he when he played against the Bengals, while he didn't score thirty four points, he was still a good player in that game. He had a ninety seven point eight pass rating. He had a touchdown pass kind of dropped or should have been challenged. You know, with the Deontay Johnson play, if that was called or caught, or if that was called a touchdown or just held on to by Johnson for longer in that play, he would have had a hundred and twelve point two passer rating, and that would have been his best game game of his career. Um, so you know, while he, he, the offense didn't score thirty four points with him. They did move the ball against the Bengals and, uh, you know, a Jalen Warren fumble here, a mistake and a drop touchdown there. You know, maybe there's there's a different situation that's outside of his control that leads to those kind of production. But also, let's acknowledge that was also the first game without Matt Canada, at the offensive coordinator position. And the offense started strong against the Cardinals before he got hurt. And that was just the second game without without Matt Canada, offensive coordinator. This group has been trying to find its feet all season long and this is the first game that they that they you could say the offense had found its footing um and maybe it's less about Mason Rudolph and more about hey they just kind of needed to settle with their new situation and the power structure of how they organized throughout their weeks maybe that's part of it um 
And maybe you'd want to see what he can do with it. And I think, I think you'd want to see Kenny Pickett play with rest, with time to prepare. He's had time to step back, look at himself a little bit longer. You heard about how Mason Rudolph talked about. We showed you the clip on, on at the podium. He said there's so many times he sat there and he could have just mailed it in and not focused in practice, but he just went through every rep, practice you know, mentally what he would do. Kenny Pickett's now had some time to do that. Just think about what he would do, what, you know, how he would handle different situations. Again, if you think he's the starting quarterback, you go back to him. You believe in your guy. You put him back out there. And I will say there's this factor to the Mason Rudolph situation. And this is less about Mason Rudolph and just more about the reality of backup quarterbacks in the NFL. You might want to not get fooled by the Jeremy Lin factor of everything or the Lin sanity factor because Mason Rudolph deserves credit for what he did. But guess who also deserves credit for what they did leading up to the, that Steelers game? Jake Browning, a backup quarterback who in his last three starts had the Bengals offense averaging over 30 points a game. And we've seen backups plenty of times in the NFL look really good and then turn into pumpkins because they're backups for a reason and they can't do things consistency consistently. I thought it was a really funny comparison uh, of, uh, of a TikToker, Trap House Sports, who does a really funny TikToker. Go check out his stuff. Uh, I find he uh, he's like really hilarious. Um but he, he said he said about the Steelers game, the Jeremy Lin run or the Lin Sanity run of Jake Browning is over. And what he means, if you if you remember Jeremy Lin, there was a, a guy in the early 2010s for the Knicks comes off. He was he was a nobody. And all of a sudden he was just on fire for like about like a two week period. And everyone's like, the it's Lin Sanity. And then after he had to keep doing it for you know weeks on weeks, eventually it was kind of really like, OK, he had a hot streak, but he isn't one of the best players in the NBA. And then eventually he fizzled out. Uh, and again, it doesn't exclude the good things that he did but there's a reason why he's not you know going to get a max contract in the nba and he's not a superstar player the same reason why joe burrow is going to be the quarterback as soon as he's healthy next year and jake browning is going to be a backup and also why maybe we shouldn't overhype one game for mason rudolph and again this isn't less about mason rudolph this is about kenny pickett if you believe he's the guy put him back out there personally i still think kenny pickett can grow into the into the franchise quarterback with the right situation but you can argue that this hasn't been the right situation. You can say the offensive coordinator position, the offensive line situation. Um, uh, you could you could look at the receivers and how there's needed to be some maturity there. And you know, I think that next year with a better center and maybe maybe a better tackle that's not named Dan Moore with Broderick Jones out there, uh, maybe maybe you see better stuff. Again, I think if Pickett is 100, you start him. But if there's any questions, you know, say hey, Kenny. We're, we're getting we're having you ready, but we want to make sure you're 100 percent healthy before we, we put you back out there as the as the definite starter. We're going to give Mason another shot at this, but be ready as the as the backup. But all things we've heard, it's looking like the Steelers are going to start Kenny Pickett. And we'll, we'll see that where that is. Wherever you fall on this debate, let me know in the YouTube comments section or on Twitter or X at, at Carter Critiques. I, I hear I hear you out. I think it will be Ken Pickett. And if he's 100 percent, I think it should be Kenny Pickett. But if he's not. I think Mason Rudolph deserves another shot that he should be able to, that he can that he can hold hold it down for you in another key game and keep and keep what you got going. But right now, the Steelers situation is bigger than just the quarterback. It's about the team because this was a very dark hour for the team and they responded in a very bright way. I want to talk about that team a little bit more and how it's trying to rally right now on the other side of this break here on the Locked On Steelers podcast. I'm your host Chris Carter. Stick with us. We got a lot to discuss. 
But first, I want to remind you that this show is also brought to you by FanDuel, the number one sportsbook in America. You can get ready for the NFL playoffs and start making all your bets on FanDuel, the number one sportsbook in the country. And right now, new customers to FanDuel get $150 back in bonus bets if they just hit on any $5 money line bet. If you really believe the Steelers are going to beat the Seahawks this weekend, put it down on the money line and, and put that $5 down on the money line. And if you're right, you get $150 back in bonus bets that you can use towards anything. And that's including all their spreads. spreads bets their player props their overs and unders so much more future bets anything that you want and across all sports it's not just the nfl you can do nba nhl college sports so many ways to win so many chances and it's the best time to join FanDuel, the number one sports book in America. So to do so, go to FanDuel.com slash locked on and kick off the, you know, your NFL playoff hopes by, you know, by hoping to make more money there by going to FanDuel.com slash locked on to get the offer to make sure that when you make, if you hit on your next $5 money line bet, you can get $150 back in bonus bets, bonus bets. And that's at FanDuel, an official partner of the NFL. Back here on the Locked On Steelers podcast, I'm your host, Chris Carter. We continue our show here. We talked a lot about the quarterback position, but let's talk about the team because this that win on Saturday was bigger than just the quarterback situation. It was bigger than just than just you know Mason Rudolph and, and George Pickens. It was about the team because they rallied in so many ways. It wasn't just the quarterback and one wide receiver that played well. The offensive line played played really well. The the the, the running backs played very well. The wide, even wide receivers not named George Pickens played very well. The entire defense played very well, even with a ton of backups. And not just backups, the backups of the backups of the backups. That was a concerted effort. They blocked out a lot of noise, a lot of negativity, just pointed at that team from local and national media, from everything. Lots of pressure on them to fail. And, and there were heat, there was heat on players. People talking about, oh, Mason Rudolph starting. Oh, good luck, good luck there, guys. Najee Harris, you're a bum, you're a bust. George Pickens, you're a you're a whiny crime. All these things we've heard all season long. The defense, there was no way they were going to perform after the way that they played against the Colts. They quit against the Colts. All these things that were said about them. And what did they do? They they rallied. They circled around each other. They believed in each other. They believed in themselves. They fought back, and they got a must-win against the division opponent. Nobody pointed fingers. They just rallied, and they found answers. Do they have leaders on offense? I don't know. And we've talked about that. That's something that they need to have. I, I'm not sure if they actually do have yet. But I want you to listen here to Najee Harris in the Steelers' locker room after the game. Because he was asked about George Pickens. And the Steelers, at every point, could have laid George Pickens out to bear with the lack of effort on the Jalen Warren play and then his comments in the media afterwards and how everything was just – a lot of people saying, you know, we had you know former Steelers like Merrill Hodge, Ryan Clark, pointing at George Pickens. He's part of the problem. He's the problem. Da, 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 da. They could have left him out there. The Steelers never did. They, stayed, they rallied around him. They protected him. And even then after the game, Najee Harris was like, nah, we ain't, we ain't having that. Here, listen to Najee Harris. Also, this clip, courtesy of Nick Farabaugh of SteelersNow.com, our friends over there. Thanks so much for Nick and Alan for all the work, great work they do. But here was Najee Harris when being asked about George Pickens uh, after this, after the, the Steelers went over the Bengals. You know, George took a lot for a couple plays last week, and this week he answered some questions and you know kind of went about it and drew a lot of fire for it. How do you think he handled this week? What questions did he? Answer? he asking, asking about. An effort on a blocking play last week and you know 
He said what that was the question? he was trying. He was. It was. It was on a Jalen touchdown. No, I'm it saying was, like, but, but who, like, oh, he who said he was trying that? to avoid a Tank Dell situation. Well, I, I'm just saying, but who was asking that though? I mean, it's just a general about. But who was asking about, about that play? None of us specifically. Someone yeah. in the locker room. Someone in the media. Yeah. Someone in the media. media yeah. yeah. My point is, it's someone in the media. Like, yeah. But we don't care about that. Right. <laughs> like respectfully, like they're not doing what we do. So like, there was no questions that need to be answered or nothing like that. Like. He played well today. He he practiced hard. He played. He's a, he's a he's a good player for us. I mean, there's clips of him blocking guys off the ball, running them off, and like you know throwing them. So like, why is it a question? It's it's, it's always getting blown up when somebody do something wrong, but they hide the good. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that's just how it is. It's a sport we play. But I feel like you know, it was no questions that need to be answered. He played. He, he did well today. Um, so did so did uh Mitch or not Mitch um Mason. For what is former players saying that about him? You think they're getting it wrong too, or are they missing the mark because they're not in what, here? What former players? Ryan Clark was one of them. I mean, you know, it's it's different from looking. I can understand that because people are looking outside in; they're not inside the building. So, I mean, from a play, you obviously can say that, but you know, us players, you know, we look at him and be like, well, we under we understand. Um, we don't feel no type of way towards him. Um, you know, GPs. You know, we all make mistakes. Um, so I feel like, you know, uh, it's just, you know, Ryan Clark obviously is a, is a player who played here, but, you know, we didn't feel no type of way to throw GP or anything like that. That's a guy right there in Najee Harris who continuously tries to protect the locker room, as any player and coach should. Mike Tomlin does it all the time, and that's why when everyone says, oh, he just says the same cliches all the time in his press conferences, and they're getting mad about that. That's because he's not letting us in. And I'm saying us as the media. Part of our job is to ask those questions. You've heard me ask those questions. You've heard me be roasted by Tomlin. Hey, I told you how last week I got roasted by Najee Harris because he didn't like one of my questions. It's their job, and I don't take it personally. I get it. My dad was a coach. I can't tell you how many times he, he always told me, think of it from the player's perspective, as far as they're not trying to let you in because they want to protect everybody. They protect the locker room. That's what that that's what teams are supposed to do. I think that's the right demeanor. And the offense needs more players like that who can lead and say that say the right things. But don't mistake that defense of George Pickens and that defense of the locker room as leniency. We've heard that he had to address the team. It wasn't like he was just, everyone's just like, it's okay, George, you cannot try. It was, no, 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 we're going to challenge him in ways. Mike Tomlin's, uh, Rob, they've been having meetings. George Pickens admit, and admitted like, hey, like we did have, we, we have had talks and they are, they are doing it. But Mike Tomlin said, I'm not going to give you that, that, that pound of flesh. And I think that's, that's how it should be. They own up in front of the team and the team handles it inside. And, they and the, the and the, the media, the fans, you don't necessarily get that pound of flesh. You know what your pound of flesh should be? It should be the next time the Steelers win. And sometimes that win might take that win might not come right away. On Saturday, it did. But I think that's the best kind of pound of flesh. And I think that that's part of the culture that we have that we that we've seen a lot from the media and requesting when there when there's when there's pain. And I get it from fans. You're fans. You're passionate. You're upset. Your team lost. You're feeling it. You you want something to pin it on. You want something to point your anger towards. But let's be realistic. Sometimes you just get beat, and sometimes people do sh- fall, fall up short. But the team, the best way to do it isn't going to be pointing fingers. Isn't going to be you know a, a public lashing, a public crucifixion. Say we're not gonna we're not gonna put, put this guy. Uh, we're, we're gonna put this guy on Front Street in front of everybody. We're gonna hold him. We're gonna hold him to the light and force everybody to point and laugh at him. No, they're gonna rally around each other. They'll do it amongst themselves because accountability is important. But you have to but you have to rally around each other. You have to believe in each other, and that and doing it 
the way that I think some fans wanted to do with their pound of flesh, where the whole team yes, says George Pickens, he's a he's a he's a whiny crybaby. We need him to to stop doing that. We should trade him away. They're not going to give you that. It's just a reality, and I think that the team not doing that is a sign of the team not folding. It's a sign of the team sticking together through adversity, and it's a sign of the team fighting through that adversity and rallying to keep building. And they need to keep rallying. They did not win a Super Bowl with the Bengals game. They know that they need to win out if they want to have hopes at making the playoffs. By the way, if they win out, they have they have a pretty good shot at making the playoffs because of what happened this, this past weekend. Um, and it's not a given that they're going to win out. That Ravens team looks pretty doggone good right now, even if they do play their backups uh, in, in, in week, week, end team, on, on week 18. Um, but again, if you remember Alex Highsmith's comments after the game, you know, I asked him about how the team practiced. He was like, he was like, yeah, we practice all right, but we got to practice better. And he was he was talking about how they have to keep building. They have to keep moving. This team is still hungry and they know they blew opportunities against the Cardinals, against the Patriots, against the Colts. And even earlier against the Jaguars and the Texans and the Niners, they know that they, this team has missed, missed, missed chances. And against the Browns, they, they know that they have work to do. And I think it's good that they're that they're saying, hey, you're Najee Harris. He's like, who said that question? The media? We don't care. We're focused on ourselves. That's what you want. And I think that's a good sign. Doesn't mean they're going to win out. Doesn't mean even win one of their next two games. But that's a good sign that their heads are in the right place right now instead of worrying about things that are outside of their control, outside of the locker room. What will determine who this team really is is their determination to finish strong and it is about how they finish strong. It's not about their media comments. It's not about what pound of flesh they give you. It's not about public whippings of the player that you think is most at fault or the coach you think is most at fault. It's about executing on the field and being the better player and the better team in the right moments. Now, right now, there's one guy who's executing a lot. There's a few guys who are executing a lot. But I want to focus on one guy who is who played really well in this past game and has played really well all year, and that's the rookie. Joey Porter Jr. We'll talk about him on the other side of, the, of this break here on the Locked On Steelers podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter. Stick with us. We got still got a lot to talk about. But first, we want to remind you, this show is also brought to you by Game Time, the website and the app that you got to go to right now. Their website's gametime.co, but you can download the app right to your phone to get your favorite tickets to your favorite events without it being stressful. Game Time is an app that allows you a fast and easy way to buy tickets for all your sporting events, concerts, uh, got comedy events, theater events, anything near you that you can get tickets for, Game Time is going to help you find them. They give you killer deals even up to the last minute, even up to an hour after your event has started if you're running late. And they give you an opportunity to take advantage of the best prices. And they have a best price guarantee that can't be beat. The Game Time app, you download right to your phone. You could book those tickets. Instead of when you're walking up to the arena for the next game, there's no more Steelers home games. But say you want to go to a Penguins game. Say you want to go to a, a pit basketball game. Say you want to go to uh, you know a, a, big, a big concert coming up and you didn't buy tickets because you were hoping to find the best prices and you're walking around, you're seeing the guy saying, I need tickets with their scalper prices. You don't know those scalper prices. They sound good, but you don't know if those tickets are, are, are real. You don't know if those tickets are giving you good seats. But you, what you can, what you do know is when you go into game time, you're going to see the view from those tick from those seats. You're going to see the better, better prices than what you see at the tickets booth, ticket booth, and you're going to get the right value for it. And game time is so confident that they're going to give you the best prices that they that they say if you find tickets in the same section and row for less on a different app or a different service, they will credit you 110% of the difference in those prices. Snag the tickets without the stress with Game Time. Download the Game Time app today. Create create an account and use code Locked On NFL for twenty dollars off. And, and again, that's Locked On NFL for twenty dollars off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed.
We're back here on the Locked On Steelers podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter. We continue our episode here. Let's focus specifically on Joey Porter Jr. We've talked about quarterbacks. we talked about the team. Let's focus on one player for a little bit here. And he is exceeding his expectations right now. To explain what I mean here, if you go to Next Gen Stats and you look at how he performed against the Bengals, and this was a big matchup. He shadowed T. Higgins for most of the game. 32 of his 40, 40 routes that T. Higgins ran, he was covered by Joey Porter Jr. On those plays... T. Higgins was targeted twice, allowed, only caught one pass for 15 yards. That's a pretty good performance. And on the season, it's not the first big-name wide receiver he's had to go up against. He's gone up against DeAndre Hopkins, Odo Beckham Jr., Christian Kirk, Christian Watson, Jamar Chase, Amari Cooper, T. Higgins, T. Higgins now, and he's done well. And the only wide receiver who you can even say got kind of got the better of him in the game was Amari Cooper, who, by the way, lit it up this past weekend, by the way. And that was only for 34 yards in a game where they gave up, what, like 17 points? 16 points. That's that's the worst that you have on on Joey Porter Jr. right now as far as a wide receiver abusing him. I'll take that. And that's a rookie on the season. He's been targeted 47 times. He's allowed 22 catches for only 298 yards. Only 94 of those yards are yards after the catch. That's still under 100 yards after the catch. He's only allowed one passing touchdown. He also has an interception, a huge one, by the way, that saved the Steelers' bacon against the Ravens in the first game. And he has five passes broken up, and he's allowing a pass rating of 65.7 right now. Of cornerbacks who have his amount of snaps this, this year, that's seventh best in the NFL. And one of the questions was tackling. Could he tackle? It's been less of an issue. It's an 11.8% missed tackle rate, which isn't bad. It's in like the top 40 of NFL cornerbacks. It's right around the rates of guys like Xavier Howard, Denzel Ward, Legereus Sneed. Huge, and he made a huge tackle in the red zone against, against, the, against the Bengals on a pop pass in open space when he also had to beat a blocker on that play. He is stepping up. He's growing, and he's a rookie. He's 23 years old. And saying that, he does. He still has problems. His biggest problem right now, penalties. He has 12 penalties right now. That's second most among NFL cornerbacks. And it's also not a huge problem right now because, for one, he's a rookie. You know, there's other, but there's also, if you look at the numbers, there's also other top performing cornerbacks out there with similar penalty numbers. Legereus Sneak, who's performed very well for the Chiefs, by the way, he has 15 penalties this year. Charvarius Ward for the Niners, 10. Tariq Woolen for the Seahawks, 9. And all these guys are similar to Joey Porter Jr. They're allowing pass ratings of less than 82 on the year. So they have not been a guy that, they have not been guys to get picked on by, by quarterbacks this year. Joey Porter Jr. is growing and growing fast. And Patrick Peterson, a guy who's going to be in the Hall of Fame someday, compared Porter to himself just last week. And we had it on the show. Here's Patrick Peterson again talking about Joey Porter Jr. and his confidence in him. I was just, just going to ask, as far as like Joey, what has he shown that you, you, guys, you can trust him to do so many different things now at this time? His confidence. His confidence and his, willing, his willingness to, to want to take on that challenge. You know, you, you don't find a lot of young guys like that coming into the league with that mentality. I tell him all the time, remind me of myself um, a lot because I had some of the same responsibilities that he have right now as a rookie. So it's just only the sky is just the limit for him. He's only going to continue to get better. His confidence is going to continue to grow. And uh, I just want him to continue to lean on me to, to help him, you know, find his way uh, through this journey. That's Patrick Peterson talking about Joey Porter Jr. And again, this is Joey Porter Jr. 
who is already making lots of headway. And he's just a 23-year-old rookie. He has plenty of time to keep growing for the Steelers. If he does become another pillar piece of this defense for the future, that means TJ Watt, Minka Fitzpatrick, Alex Highsmith, and him all are going to be key parts of the future. Cam Hayward's probably going to be around for at least another year or two, but let's also be real. Cam Hayward, you know, he's on the back end of his career. He's obviously not in his prime anymore, but still, he's a leader, and I think that he sticks around for at least another year, maybe you know, the two years if the Steelers are, are, are lucky. Um but speaking of Watt, by the way, uh, currently has 17 sacks. I believe that still leads the NFL right now. And if he gets three more sacks in the next two games, TJ Watt will become the fourth player in NFL history to have multiple 20-sack seasons. He would, jo- he would join Deacon Jones, Mark Gastineau, and J.J. Watt. I'd say that's pretty good company and uh, kind of uh, putting himself in Defensive Player of the Year conversations again. But this is about Joey Porter Jr., not TJ Watt. But again... With Joey Porter Jr. in building, you like what you've seen out of Keanu Benton. He's coming along. There's got guys like Nick Herbig growing up in the wings. You know, maybe Corey Trice can be something next year. And this is still a defense that that you could probably add at cornerback next year. Patrick Peterson looking pretty good at safety. So maybe you move him to safety and you get another guy at safety next year. Get a younger safety, a younger defensive lineman, add to the unit. Maybe you get healthy linebackers next year. That's a unit that can cook. So I think Joey Porter Jr., he keeps going in the right direction the way that he's going right now, he can be your shutdown corner. And there's still a lot of potential for this defensive unit to, to be one of the best in the N, in the NFL. And I really think that that's, that's, that's certainly still in the realm of possibility right now. In fact, going into Sunday, I, this is not accounting for all the points that were, were weren't scored on Sunday, but with their points per, per game rate, they're seventh right now in the NFL. And that's again, not counting for the Sunday games. Excuse me if if I miss one. If I miss one there, but they're but even even so, they're top ten as a defense with no linebackers, with no safeties, with Patrick Peterson moving to safety, with a rookie cornerback as your best cornerback on the field. Cam Hayward missed two months. Make it Patrick has missed like six games, maybe more if I'm forgetting some. There's potential there to be uh, to be an even better defense than they have been this year. And Joey Porter Jr. can very much be a huge part of that if he continues to grow in the right, right ways. So all that being said, the Steelers, they're hungry. I think Joey Porter Jr. is hungry. He hasn't shied away from any number one wide receiver he's had to face all season long. And I think the Steelers team is hungry and they're hungry and they're not going to shy away from any of the challenges in these next two games. Mike Tomlin talks today, Tuesday at noon. I'll be there on hand at the Steelers facility. We'll get you, uh, we'll make, we'll talk about what he says in the show tomorrow, as well as get you my stars and skulls grades. Hopefully with Alan Saunders back on the show, uh, we'll see his availability because it's the holidays, even though Christmas is over now. And um, uh, we'll see about his availability. want to respect everyone's schedules and such. We hope that all of you ha- are having a happy holidays and that you're getting to enjoy time with the family. Um, lo- uh, love, 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 shout out and love to all my family who I got to enjoy Christmas with and those I didn't get to enjoy Christmas with with appreciate y'all for helping me kind of step away from work and the busy lifestyle we got here uh, covering sports here in Pittsburgh. I'm Chris Carter uh, from the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette from the Lockdown Steelers podcast. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Carter Critiques. Read my work at the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, post-gazette.com. Find me here on the Lockdown Steelers podcast every Monday through Friday, breaking down your Pittsburgh Steelers on your favorite podcasting apps and on YouTube. Like this video if you enjoyed. Subscribe to this channel for all of our daily Monday through Friday episodes. We thank you for making us your first listen every day because we're team your team every day. We'll see you again here tomorrow right on the Locked On Steelers podcast.